0: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I need a much deeper walk with Jesus. I've been crying out to him about my own shallowness. about my own laziness i need the lord to set my heart on fire for the lost for those who who walk in rebellion before god who walk in the lust of their own heart before God. We need revival. There's a passage of scripture that I'd not planned to share with you today, but I think I need to. found in the book of Isaiah. This is the new King James Version. Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence as the Fire burns brushwood and fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down. The mountains shook at your presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by ear Nor has I seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for him. You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In these ways we continue and we need to be saved. but we are all like an unclean thing and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And there is no one who calls on your name who stirs himself up to take hold of you For you have hidden your face from us and have consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our father. You are the, we are the clay and you are our potter. And all we are is the work of your hand. Do not be furious, O Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Indeed, please look. We are your people. We are your people. Isaiah 64. O Lord, my Lord Jesus. I need a much deeper walk with you. I need to come into a place that I know not how to go to, a place a place filled with the Holy Spirit. I need to come, Lord, to a, an utter end of myself and my wisdom, my assertiveness. And wait before you. Lord, my heart cries out for you. I know there is none beside you. I know that you alone are God. And that my life, that my brother's and my sister's lives, they rest in your hands. Come, Lord Jesus, and save your people. Come, Lord Jesus, and save your people. Would you move with power today in this broadcast, and would you touch the hearts of men and women, and would you call them also into that deeper walk? with you, Jesus. I pray in your name, the name of Jesus. Amen. My heart is very troubled today. I have spent much time in the early hours of this morning waiting upon the Lord And he began to review for me things in my past that were very disturbing to me. A Christian high school, a boarding academy, where I came in to my my room that I shared with another young man, and there I found one of the teachers from the from the high school, sexually abusing my roommate. I was heartbroken. I spoke with him, and he said, mind your own business, Ray. Mind your own business. So I did. It wasn't but a short time after that that I, there was a, a young woman that I had a great deal of love and respect for. Her name was Jenny. I went over to the music studio where she worked with our music director for the academy. I wanted to surprise her i brought her some flowers. I walked in and she was not at her desk as normal, but I saw the door to the studio was just cracked open a bit. So I walked over and looked in. And there I saw her sitting on the lap of the school's renowned musician. And they were kissing and fondling one another as she sat on his lap. I'm telling you these things because I've watched some things go on in the church that terrify me. I've watched things go on in my own life that terrify me. But I want to tell you the thing that terrifies me the most. And I'm not I'm not quite sure how to deal with it. There is an atmosphere that has influenced me, and I know has influenced you as well. It is very much connected with the luxury of our day, but it's much deeper than that. It is the very heart of the, of the sinful condition of man One of the issues that has so troubled me now for my entire ministry over 50 years of ministering to the American church, speaking in congregations and colleges, high schools, grade schools, camp meetings. when I preach my very best, when I am knowing that I am touched by the Holy Spirit, and I preach a message of holiness, as I call men to repent of their sins, to get right with God, as I do on this radio broadcast day by day, What has so troubled me is that when I've been in the very presence of God, the Holy Spirit has been very present in the studio, in the pulpit. And then I finish. And then it's as though I had not preached anything. The congregation is dismissed to fellowship. Laughing, talking, talking about worldly things, talking about just living. And all of the presence of the Holy Spirit is grieved And he leaves. And there is an emptiness in my soul. Oh, I've spoken with congregations about this. And I have said I I am looking for the day when we feel so moved by the presence and power of God that we will, instead of casually chit-chatting one with another, we will quickly turn in prayer and we will pray for one another and we will cry out to God because we're missing. We're missing his presence and we don't even know we're missing his presence. And so I come to you and I say, I must have a much deeper walk with Jesus because when I preach, And people can just walk away casually. What did I have to say? Now, I can make excuses. But I don't choose to make excuses in my life anymore. My my life is too short. Frankly, we in the church today don't want to pray. We don't want to get serious with God and cry out with tears and, and being moved with the Holy Spirit coming upon us in groans, in expressions of deepest contrition. We don't want to pray like that. It's uncomfortable. Uncomfortable for me. And yet I know we're missing. In the courts of heaven, the church is the church is missing. They're gone. Many churches today, and and I understand they want 30 to 45 minutes of praise and worship music before they begin their service. That pretty much guarantees that there will be no conviction of sin in that service. I was at a a revival service where there was a great preacher who was going to preach. And the worship leader invited everyone to begin to dance in the aisles, in the spirit, quote, in the spirit. And everyone danced and laughed. One very joyful young woman came to me as I was standing at my seat with a very sober face. And she said to me, Pastor, come dance with us. This is the joy of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is here. I said, no, sister. The Holy Spirit left when the music started. There's no conviction of sin here. And there's no turning away from our wickedness. There's just worldly entertainment dressed up like Christians. Nothing good will happen in this service. The Holy Spirit has already left and he's not coming back. She was very offended and then laughed at me and said, you've missed the Holy Spirit, Pastor. You don't know when the Holy Spirit's present. Yes, I do. Yes, I know when the Holy Spirit's present, and I know when he's gone. And he was gone. And many of you will listen for hours to the modern Christian music because you say it gives you peace in your heart, blocks out the pain. That's the problem. The Christian music is not the solution to the pain of our hearts. Prayer is the answer for the pain of our hearts. Honest confession. Coming before the Lord with honest confession. Coming before the Lord with our nakedness, completely exposed. There will be no no revival in America. There will be no great move of God in America without a, a corresponding first deep confession of sin. Revival is always at the same depth as the repentance. And if there is no deep repentance, there will be no revival. And if there's no revival, the church is going to be swept away into Hades, into hell. Do you understand? We're in such trouble because we have such knowledge and we trust so much in our own goodness. But before the Lord, our goodness is like filthy rags. Now, the holiness that God brings into our lives is not holy, is not filthy rags; it's real, but our make-believe righteousness that's filthy rags, and that's what the church is filled with. One of the things that I have experienced, I experienced very early in my ministry. I was just a young seminary student. I had just recently been ordained to the gospel ministry, and I was invited to come to Washington, D.C., and I directed a place called The Gate on M Street in Georgetown. It was a free medical clinic and coffee house. And the Jesus movement was in full swing. I went to a college that I had graduated from. I had ministered there to some of the students. And now... The Jesus movement was going full bore. I walked into the administration building and some of the students saw me and they came running through their arms around me and said, Pastor, will you pray with us? Will you pray with us? I said, Yes, come, Pastor. So I followed them to the second floor of the administration building and there was a room they called their prayer room, their prayer closet. And very quickly, the whole room was just filled with young people, men and women, boys and girls. There were no chairs in the room. We sat on the floor. And they were under deep conviction, and they said, Pastor, pray with us, pray for us. And I began to cry out to God for them. And there was weeping. There was confession of sin. Lives were being transformed as they were swept into the kingdom of God. This was the Jesus movement. How I longed. For that move of God to come again to America. I recently walked into that same college. Now the young people that had known me. They've moved on. They've graduated. Nobody knew me. I walked alone up to the prayer room. The door was locked. Now prayer is scheduled. And very few go. Holy Spirit was gone. It's now just another academic institution. With no Holy Spirit presence. Do you hear what I'm saying? I want a much deeper walk. I want. Ray Greenlee, I want a much deeper walk with Jesus. This passage that I just shared with you in Isaiah 64, verse 7, the King James Version says, There is none that striveth, none that stirreth up himself, to take hold of thee. Well, I'm stirring myself up to take a hold of God. If we don't get a hold of God, America is doomed. If we don't get a hold of God for the church, the church is doomed. It is apostate in America. It has believed lies. I'm going to speak about those lies this week, but I have to come and be very vulnerable with you and very honest with you and say, I need that deeper walk with Jesus. Do you? I find very few people interested Very few watch the videos because they're uncomfortable. I think after a number of years, we have maybe close to 600 people who have subscribed to our channel. I don't know the exact. I don't watch that. I see we have three viewers on on our YouTube video. And yet we have about 12 people who've come and checked it out, but they hear what I'm talking about and they don't want to listen to it. I understand. This is not easy stuff. But I tell you what. There's going to come a time when men and women in America are starving for the word of God and they won't be able to find it. A famine is coming in the in America for the word of God. But they won't be able to find a preacher who will who will understand their hunger. And they will be patted on the head and said, "There, there, it's okay. You're loved. You're saved. You're on your way to heaven. Never mind that you're walking in degradation and sin. Never mind that you're lukewarm. That you're cold. That you." that you don't know Jesus and the Holy Spirit departed from, never mind, you're saved, you're okay, you're good to go. And then many of you who call yourself Christian, and you do have a heart to follow Jesus, you're in the same place I am. trusting too much in your own experience. And you need to come into a a new place with a new revelation of Jesus, a new revelation of the cross and the crucifixion, a new revelation of the resurrection of Jesus, and a new revelation of the risen Lord, that we would stop being so laid back and so casual, but we would earnestly desire to come together as one and cry aloud to God, to pray, to seek his face. So where are you with Jesus today? Is this offensive that I'm saying? Are my words offensive to you? The American church is rolling over for the devil, walking in pride and arrogance, casualness. Yes, we're going to go to 2 Peter. second peter the second chapter but false prophets that is false men who preach also arose among the people as even among you there will be false teachers who will secretly bring in heresies of destruction even denying the master the one having redeemed them, bringing imminent destruction upon themselves. And many will follow after their destructive ways, because of whom the way of the truth will be blasphemed. And in coveting, they will... Basically it's saying they will market you, you will be a business for them with made up words that they will exploit you they will they will traffic you and the judgment of of old is not idle in fact, their destruction will not slumber it's on its way. there's a a passage also. It's found in the book of Jude. Let me read this for you quickly. May mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, exercising every conceivable diligence to write to you concerning our common salvation, I had a compelling obligation to write to you, summoning you to strenuous effort on behalf of the faith, once and for all handed over to the holy ones. He's saying, strenuous, strenuous effort. That's what it's going to take. For certain men sneaked in, the ones already having been written about for this judgment, ungodly men who are perverting the grace of our God into lustful indulgence, and they are denying the only sovereign God and our Lord Jesus. Now, there's a whole piece. I think I have time to share it with you. It's it's in the Lavender Bible. This is a real scholarly work. These are the notes on that passage that I just shared with you. I want to read them. Not all of it, but part of it to you. Whatever these men appeared to be, Jude describes them for what they really are. Ungodly. Apostate. Grace perverters. They perverted the grace of God into license to sin without fear of consequences, as if a saving relationship with God has no conditions. It is a terrible and tragic fact that the church has never been entirely free from antinomianism. Grace perverters were at work then, that is, in Jude's day and in Peter's day, even as they are now, in their teachings, they take up the grace of God or they pick up the grace of God, they remove the grace of God and put false grace down in its place, utterly destroying the message of salvation. And what this what this does is it tears from us our need to pray, It takes from us the hunger to cry out to God and tells us, look, you're okay, be casual. Live your life, you're okay. You're saved. There's no strenuous effort. There's no crying out to God. There's no no seeking to get a hold of God because after all, God is the one who does all the work. Wrong. Look at Romans, the sixth chapter particularly verse 14 and verse 23 Romans 9:15 Titus 2:11 and 12 I mean this is such a lie but this false teaching of grace that it's a blanket that covers us has removed from us The earnest, strenuous effort to get a hold of God, to cry aloud to him. And so countless numbers are being swept into the grave, and they're going to hell, even though they call themselves Christians. The grace perverters. Biblical grace reveals that Jesus has come. Our deliverer has come. He is a refiner and a purifier of his people. Malachi 3, 1-3 to And with him, a new day comes. A day of salvation in which a fountain is open for sin and uncleanness. This is the day God spoke of when he said, And I will give a new heart to you, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and will give a fleshly heart to you, and I will put my spirit within you, and you will and that will cause you that you may walk in my commandments, and you may keep or may do my commandments and my judgments. Ezekiel thirty six twenty six to twenty seven. This deliverer, this Jesus, came to free from all sin, sin as, as actions, as acts, a carnal nature of rebellion, the carnal or the, the Adamic nature of Adam from birth. Psalm 51, four to seven. Under the law, sins were passed over. They were covered. They were forgiven. But in this dispensation of grace, the mighty blood of God's Lamb removed the sins from us. Romans 4, 7 and 8. By God's gracious dealing with his people, he enables them to carry out his will upon the earth as in heaven. Matthew six ten. To live in fellowship, in holiness, in communion with a holy God in the here and the now. You see, my brother, my sister, why I say I need a deeper I need a deeper walk with Jesus. My heart must be stirred in a way I've not been stirred for the salvation of the lost. I speak with Christian people and they say, this is my time to grow. And some say that it's been years. They're working on their own holiness. They're striving to become what they need to be, not realizing that it's the grace of God that gives them that. Some say, oh, we're paying the consequence for our past sins and, Wrong. Either Jesus paid it all at the cross or he didn't pay for anything at the cross. If you're not winning men and women to Jesus Christ, if you're not seeing the salvation of the lost and the dying, you're walking in apostasy. You're walking without the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know there's much more I must do. Look, I'm coming to you and I'm being very vulnerable today. I'm admitting before you my own nakedness and my own shallowness. I can't come as a pastor and act like I've got it all together and I've got the answers. I'm not the Bible answer man. I'm the Bible seeking holiness man. I'm the I'm the man coming and asking for the fullness of the Holy Spirit but I'm really the man coming asking for Jesus for more of Jesus We've missed him Some of you listen to broadcast after broadcast by this pastor and by many other pastors, but you're winning no one to Jesus. You're just handing out the knowledge you've gained here and there, but your heart is not stirred with fire and with love. You're not sacrificing yourself for the lost and the dying, and you have no fruit. You're fruitless. You're useless to God and to his kingdom. And yet you think you're righteous. You think you're fine. You think you're on your way to heaven, but you're not. God sent his son to die for Adam's race. Grace is God's non-legal way. For dealing with my sin, but I have a part to play in that, and because of the false teachers that I've listened to in my life, I've struggled all of my life to break out of this cocoon of casualness and hardness of heart, this cocoon of of self striving, this this cocoon of Of deadness. To be made alive in Jesus. Any of you listening who care? Do you want to be made alive in Jesus like like I'm asking? Are you willing to confess your own condition before God? I listen to prophets and preachers. They're saying, oh, God is going to move in a powerful way in this nation. We're going to see a great revival of godliness. And wait, 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 stop it. You're speaking foolishness. Insanity. Stupidity. There's going to be no revival until preachers like me And many others start to admit their nakedness and begin to confess their sin before Almighty God and give up their programs and give up their agenda and give up their ambitions and give up their assertiveness and start coming before a holy God and saying, God, I've missed it. There has to be a new day in America. And there has to be a new day among the clergy. And there has to be a new day in the local church. I can't stand my own arrogance, my own pride. And I cast it down in the name of Jesus. Where do you stand before Jesus? Are you dead in your sins and your transgressions? Is your heart crying out for a much deeper revelation of who Jesus is? Please, I hope you hear me that I'm not trying to condemn any of you or anyone. But I am trying to by the power of the Spirit as he convicts my heart to open the way for you to join me in prayer and in repentance to put away our pride to finally admit that we're dead and we need the resurrection power of Jesus. Lord, I come today by faith. I come in response to Isaiah 64-7, and I stir up myself to take hold of you, Jesus, in a new way. I recognize I'm the least of your brothers. I'm the least of your of your family. I'm the least of your pastors. I have no strength to stand upon in my own power. I'm at an utter end of myself. All I can do is moan and groan and cry out to you and say, Lord, have mercy upon me, and upon your people. I know we're about to be swept away in judgments, that America is going to see catastrophic loss in the next 30, 60, 90 days. I know we've come to a place where There will be no redemption if we don't repent. If we don't humble our hearts before you as a church. I know I know, we will be swept away. Lord, you know I'm not here for personal gain. I'm here for you, Jesus. And my heart is deeply stirred and disturbed. And I ask you to please come. Please come to Washington, D.C. Please come to America. Before we're swept away. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Tomorrow we're going to go on with Second Peter, the second chapter. I urge you to read it carefully. Prepare for tomorrow. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I look forward to hearing from you. One of you. Joanne from Sarasota, Florida. I received yesterday your package. It filled my mailbox. It was, it is a beautiful, beautiful quilt, a prayer blanket. I thank you for that. It's stunningly beautiful. I will treasure it. And when I get up, In the early hours of the morning, before the heat has kicked on in the house, I'll wrap up in that blanket as I pray. Thank you. I'm eager to hear from you, all of you. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195 I also want to thank some of you who and I'm not asking you to do this please I did not ask anyone to do this I'm not even telling you this to say please do it I'm saying please hear my heart some of you have sent your regular offering for Pilgrim's Progress and then you sent another check of equal or about the same amount and said, Pastor Ray, personal. <laughs> I don't know how to say thank you for that. That's not happened to me before, but thank you. For my personal life, I, I just wait upon the Lord. I walk by faith. I'm not on salary. And I don't take money, except as it's given to me personally. Write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also watch this video again, or you can go Online and listen to it at our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. Nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online or you can just write to me. I'm very grateful for all of you. I praise God for you. I pray today has stirred you to pray. To seek his face, to give up casualness, and strive with all your might to break through and pray. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. I love you with all my heart. I pray for you. I'll talk to you soon.